this is Techpedition, and we're going to talk about some technology stories that have happened in the past week or so, yeah. maybe a couple weeks. Yes, um, let's do it. To start off with, wait before we get in. Oh, 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 sir, what have you been up to? Uh, oh, <clears throat> well, um, we have been we have been kind of MIA lately, but I've I've had a child. Um, I've changed jobs and I've moved in the span of like two weeks, two or three weeks. You are a crazy man, sir. Yeah, I, yeah, that was not. I did. I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily a a logistical genius because that was just a whole lot of stuff to happen at once. But I'm only six minutes from my job now, so that's nice. Which is always um, a plus. Oh, definitely always yes, a plus. Definitely, and Amaya's doing great. Um, she's finally sleeping for extended periods of time. So that's wonderful, and I'm actually getting some free time because we've got Sophie going to bed around nine o'clock. So, life goes, man. Life goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been good. It's been good, man. What about you? You, st- you, you guys have been busy, man. A little too busy, man. I just uh, did about three cons over the last six weeks. So we did two and two blow, and uh, one this past weekend in Atlanta, who Atlanta. Uh, which of course is a, is a Doctor Who convention. <laughs> um, and notice that he's saying, not saying going to cons. He is doing cons. He's actively participating, doing panels and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun, man. To to congregate with like minded individuals, I find that fun. So yeah, just just a ton of fun. And yes, it's the Doctor Who convention, not the Who Dat convention. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked Kyle that. Are you serious? Somebody was working at the hotel. So, um, is this a who dat convention? <laughs> no, Doctor. Oh my gosh! In Atlanta, in Atlanta, yes. yes, in Atlanta, they were asking if it was a what a New Orleans Saints convention. Like, hey, hey, um, so that was like. They were like, like start, they were like start a riot or something. Yeah. Well, you know not, what? Once you not in my city. Super, once you lose a Super Bowl up by twenty and by halftime, you know it, there's cause for riot, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Don't boo, don't boo let pats, boo pats. Don't let this. Um. Don't forget that. Yeah. The <laughs> the Falcons were up twenty eight to three in the third quarter. The Super Bowl and the Patriots came back. Hey, Tom Brady. <sighs> anyway, we have some tech to talk about, dude. Yeah, yeah, that, there, yeah, that is the reason we're on here. So, yeah. Um. All right. Quite a bit has transpired since we last met. Um, yes, indeed, sir. But to start off with, let's keep it light. <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys have heard of ZTE. They are a, I would say a a B level phone manufacturer. Um, they make budget phones. Um, I think I believe they are Chinese. Let me, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Chinese. So basically, they were taking American phones that were, I guess, meant for America, U.S. phones that they were manufacturing, and they were illegally shipping equipment. And I don't know if it was their phones or if it was just components that they were procuring from American companies like Dolby and Qualcomm. They use their components in their phones. To like Iran and North Korea, which we have very very stiff sanctions against. Yeah, not to get political, but that's that's part of the story. Um, and apparently they pled guilty 
to doing this. So it's not like this is alleged. They yeah. admitted to it, and in a plea agreement with the U.S., they agreed to um, reprimand and deny bonuses to all the employees who were involved in this. But in actuality, all they did was they fired four of their senior staff, and they gave full bonuses to the employees. Um, and America was not happy about that. They also kept 35 employees that violated the law. So there's that. And um, needless to say, the United States was a bit pissed. So they banned <laughs> they banned ZT phones in America, which effectively, like, probably killing the company. Yeah, that's pretty major. Now, I'm reading an article. Does, it, does this actually hurt American companies that export to, CD, to ZTE? Because well, I guess, I guess, yeah. I mean, kind of. They technically didn't ban ZTE phones. They just put sanctions on them. So they banned American companies for, from shipping components to them. So Dolby, ah, and Qual- okay, gotcha. Dolby and Qualcomm, who actually, you know, they're using their phones, the U.S. barred them from shipping components to ZTE, effectively killing their phones. Um, and ZTE is um, their own life support right now. I believe they're scrambling to find um, other companies to actually... Excuse me. They're scrambling to find companies to, uh, su- you know, to supply their parts for their phones because. Which is funny, being a Chinese-based company, you think they would have all the parts in the world they needed. Uh, yeah. But apparently, it might be a patent slash. Uh, I don't know because I don't. I don't think American companies, unless they're we're, they're still American companies, but they're manufacturing in China. Maybe it's still yeah from. Which is weird. Yeah, which is it's weird. Really, it's it's really weird because Qualcomm, who's a chip designer, they pretty much can't use any of their chips. Um, so now I think they're going to move to. It looks like they're moving to a company called MediaTek. Uh-huh. But of course, you can't just flip a switch and snap your fingers and automatically be using another company's chips in your phone. You know, there's R and D and development. They probably have to redesign, refactor components in their phones. So this is. Really, really gonna set them back. Uh, but I mean, they may make it out of it. But they are filling a huge void in the American phone or the phone market in general because they're making, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, affordable smartphones. And um, <clears throat> this is what most people buy. A lot of you know, it, it's a little different in the U.S. though because you do have phone subsidies or uh, what do they call it? Installment agreements with phones. Yeah, payment plans. Yeah. Yeah, nobody drops $1,000 on an iPhone at once. At least most people don't. I mean, I'm sure Kanye does, but <laughs> most people don't do that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how they make it out of it. Um, I'm not, I don't really keep up with ZTE. I just thought that was a really interesting story. So, there you go. Yeah, man. Well, moving on to the next story. Uh, Facebook is creating a mysterious blockchain division uh facebook is launching its own blockchain division as part of a block but a broader reorganization in its executive lineup multiple sources confirm recode today um so i guess four months ago mark zuckerberg said that they'd be diving into researching more of uh how blockchain works and how they could possibly use it in their company mm-hmm yeah, so David Marcus, the guy who's been – he's the VP of messaging and products. Uh, so he basically oversees the Facebook Messenger, I guess, division. Um, he is moving over to this secret group. Uh, this dude's the former CEO of PayPal. So oh. he, he and uh, um, 
special group of individuals will be researching on how to utilize blockchain um, for Facebook, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, you know, if they can figure out some kind of payment, you know, and like this is and it's funny because, you know, on a broader scale, like this is the kind of stuff that I've always been a bit worried about with blockchain is because it's all open source. You know, it's there's no proprietary technology underlying Bitcoin. Not really anyway. Um, or Ethereum, like all this stuff is open and people have always assumed that these companies would just hop on Ethereum or they would hop on uh, Bitcoin, but there's nothing logically stopping them from creating their own blockchain. Which, which, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, definitely, hap- definitely can happen because you know what I think about as I look back to like some of the Microsoft points or uh, some of these games who have their own in-game currencies. But what if they could have something like this? And I mean, like you said, it's all open source. They can basically fork it and make their own version of this and um you know with the heft of facebook <laughs> they could pretty much own the market if they do it right so i mean what do you, i mean what do you think about companies taking it and using it for themselves <clears throat> well it's funny because um even one of the cryptos that i follow pretty um enthusiastically is called ripple uh and they're basically trying to replace Swift, which is the international payment processor that most banks use now. Um, and settlement takes a really long time with Swift. So if you were going to transfer money from Japan to America, you would use Swift. And there's all these checks and balances, all this red tape. And it takes like hours or even days to get a settlement across borders. And Ripple basically does it instantly. And their their strategy is get regulated, get in there and like, you know, so have, have something established. So like all these banks will just hop on it. But it's one of those things. This is sort of the same thing where people are like, wait a minute, why can't I just hire some (laughs) smart people and make my own? And that way I don't have to pay you anything, you know? Yeah. And that, that's the thing that about blockchain, it would be like, it would be like if when email came out, if, Hotmail or whatever was popular when email came out. If they were like, do email, you know, through us. We're gonna be everybody's email. Like in and, and now that just sounds absurd, but yeah. you know, back in the day there was only like three or four major email companies, um, at least to start. And th- I see this kind of the same in the same way where people will start their own blockchain servers. You know, Facebook doesn't necessarily need to have distributed across the United, you know, they can have whoever they're dealing with can be a node in their blockchain and they don't necessarily have to have the football field of GPU miners in China, <laughs> like working with them to like um, mine their and process their transactions. They can, you know, have their own farm. And that's what, that's what scares me about crypto in general and people just dumping money into these coins is that, there's no guarantee that anybody is going to use this stuff. So, in what the is, so what is your view on uh, current current cryptocurrency exchange going like from uh, Ripple to Bitcoin? Or, I mean, what is your view on like moving money in between each? Is- well, um, there's nothing necessarily like wrong with it. Um, it's just so difficult right now because if you want to buy Ripple. 
you have a couple choices. There's a exchange called Binance where you can actually use U.S. dollars to buy Ripple. Um, or you could use something like Coinbase where you buy Ethereum or you buy Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or what's the other one they have? Dang it, I can't even remember. It was the other Bitcoin fork. A Litecoin. You could buy one of those and then send it to one of these other exchanges in like Acapulco or Abu Dhabi or wherever it is that isn't in America. And then you can buy your Ripple, um, wait for it to increase or decrease, convert it back into Litecoin, send it back to Coinbase, and then sell it, which is what I was doing when I was really big into Bitcoin. And I actually made quite a bit of money, but it's just right now it's just too complicated. And therein lies the problem with crypto. The big appeal of cryptocurrency is that it's unregulated, is that it's decentralized, and um, and somewhat anonymous. A lot of the most of them aren't really anonymous. Um, but the thing is, in order for it to hit mainstream and for people to be using it, um, even the U.S. has passed laws where you have to report yeah. like your crypto um, earnings. Yeah. So if you buy Bitcoin, if you buy Bitcoin at a dollar and now it's what thousands of dollars. You technically any profits over ten thousand dollars you have to report. So Indeed. that that brings their regulation into it, and that brings like that if they if they fully like tomorrow if they fully regulate like if the U.S. approved Bitcoin and it was fully regulated, that would just kill the appeal of it to most of the people who are like really big on it. I mean, you can't really have it both ways. Either it's either it's decentralized and unregulated, and or it is, and if it's not. That whole, you know, there's a lot of problems with yeah, it's that. It's the Wild West. Yeah. Not only is it the Wild West, it could be used for money laundering. Yeah. You know, so you have some drug kingpin in, in <laughs> California who has like thousands of dollars that he can't do anything with. He throws it in an exchange somewhere or puts it in a foreign bank account, you know, buys Tether, which is the US dollar equivalent um, analog in crypto. It's basically backed by each US dollar, they say. And then use that to buy Bitcoin, transfer it into his Coinbase account, and then sell it. I mean, yeah, that that's the problem with crypto right now is, is that it's with it being unregulated. There's so many opportunities for illegal activity, and that's actually a valid concern. A lot of people write that off, but it's it's actually a really valid concern. And I just don't know where we're gonna go. Get get. I don't know if we can get to that place where it's all the benefit of the crypto meets it being something that can be used, you know, for mostly legal purposes. Yeah. And I don't know. That's why I'm, I pulled all my money out of it. Cause it's just like, I don't, I don't really know where this is going anymore. And, and, and just to end it off, like, I, I wonder in the end, is it like, it reminds me of this guy at my job who, you know, was gungo about cutting the cord and, like, you know, I'm going to buy a Roku. I'm going to do all this to cut the cord. He had it for like a week and said, it was just easier with cable. And I'm wondering, are we headed in that direction? Is it just going to become so difficult and so cumbersome that, um, yeah, I just want to use dollar bills. <laughs> it's just easy. Yeah. It works. Which is the reason why Spotify and even Apple Music and what's the other one? There's like one or two more, uh, but uh, the Jay Z one I can never remember. Uh, Title and Google Title. Music, like yeah. like that's why those services are so popular. Is that with something like that, you can go out of your way to find each release that you want and download it and tag it and upload it into your iTunes and then upload it to your phone or your whatever. 
or you could just pay somebody <laughs> seven bucks a month. Yeah. And not have to do any work. It's just it's yeah. it's more convenient. It's less convenient to pirate now. And people I mean when it gets down to it, people just people are just lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy. I don't I don't want to work anymore than I have to, so so yeah. it looks like it's going to be a little harder to pirate tickets in the future or uh, giveaway tickets or <laughs> what's going on with this story? Well, it's funny because, you know, scalpers have gotten so bad and like the secondary ticket market has gotten so ridiculous now that a lot of um, people who sell shows, um, I think Jack White is actually doing this with his new tour. He just came through Kansas City. Basically, if you buy a ticket, when you don't actually get a ticket, you get um, you have to like it's basically will call or you have to show them the debit card you use to buy the ticket. They hand you your tickets and then you go in. Um, so they, they've been trying to find ways to cut out scalpers for like ever. And that's just kind of one of the measures they're taking it. But Ticketmaster looks like they're taking it a, a, another step <laughs> farther. Um, so imagine walking into a concert venue without waiting for waiting in line for your ticket to be scanned because the venue automatically scans and identifies you by your face. And um, nice. that's apparently what Live Nation, which is one of the biggest promoters in the United States, um, and just to not to get too far off, but to just show you how big Live Nation is, they've signed people to 360 deals. Like if you're a new artist, so back in the 90s, you know, you got signed to a recording deal and they pay for your album and your album sold and they took most of it. And that, that was kind of it. And you could kind of make money from touring. Whereas now they sign artists and they take a cut of your ticket sales and like they take a cut of your merchandising and they take a cut of your album. That's and like watch. Yeah. And they actually sign people to deals, um, touring deals. Live Nation, wow. they do that a lot now. So, I mean, they have a lot of skin in this game. And basically, you know, and we're even seeing this with the GPU market. It's like the new G, the like NVIDIA has a new batch of GPUs and then all the miners buy them or the scalpers buy them and put them on eBay for like three times the price. Um, and they're basically just trying to cut that out to get the tickets into the hands of the people who actually want to see the show. Um, yeah. so that's kind of where this is going. And I, I really think it's awesome. Honestly, you know, I just don't know if I want Ticketmaster to have my face on file. <laughs> that's the thing. Like in, in a world where we're worried about Facebook taking all our information, are we really going to trust Ticketmaster with, I mean, I guess your face is, uh, anybody can get it. That's public <laughs> knowledge, yeah, I guess. That's true. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think fake facial recognition is going to become even more prevalent, um, as time goes on. And th have you heard about the thing where they, uh, not, they don't dox you, but they like publicly shame you in China if you like jaywalk. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so you need to look it up. So they have facial recognition on their street corners, and if you like jaywalk, they will like fake facial recon rec facially recognize you and like put you up on a billboard with all your information and like shame. <laughs> oh man, so it's like it's like the bad checklist in the in the local paper. <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah that really sucks yeah but i mean that's where we're going um but that's scary i wonder if they're going to use apple's tech to um their their face unlock technology to uh their facial recognition whatever you want to call it <laughs> 
I, I don't even know what they call it. You know, it's like they you unlock your phone with your face face ID. That's what they call it. Sorry, but I wonder if they're going to partner with Apple or whoever Apple used to do that. Be interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And um, moving right along, I guess <laughs> more uh, smartphone esque news. Um, so, is this your favorite wireless char- charger? So, The Verge reports our favorite wireless charger is at the lowest price ever on Amazon right now. This seems to be a, what, Rave Power? Rave Power? Yeah, it's a... It's pad? a yes, yeah, a fast charging, quick charging, wireless charging pad. Um, And basically, it's normally on sale for like 40 bucks, I believe. And um, Verge really likes it. And it's it's affordable, quick charging, and apparently they've got some kind of deal with Amazon or with Rav Power, where you can use the code Verge zero three four and get it for twenty seven ninety nine. Oh, nice. nice. And um, this may be one of the things we can review because it it's semi affordable, and I have a, I have a wireless charger right now, but it's not a fast one, so I'd be uh, interested to check this out. Yeah, that's almost a no go, right? Well, I mean, it's really not that bad because, I mean, what I do is I don't even charge my phone at home anymore. I have it sitting on my desk at work. And uh, basically, while I'm working, it just sits there on my desk. And when I bring it home, it's fully charged. And basically, the iPhone 10 can last. It can last like two days. So oh, wow. I, I bring it home and I use it and it's fine. And if I need to charge it, I have a charger here. But I no- normally don't even use it. So let me ask you, is it the kind where you have to put it on or just right or it doesn't work? Because this is a guy at my job, he always complains about his phone is not charged the next day. It's because he didn't put it on the charger just right to uh, to get a get a connection. <laughs> well, it's 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 really not that bad because I mean, normally when I set it down there, like when you put it on there or iPhone in general, when you plug it up to a charger, it does like, it does like a little chime. It's like Doop! and you know it's charging. So I put it on there and I'll look to see if it's actually charging before I go on about my business so i've never really had that problem i've never had to like move it around for it to charge so i mean it's it's pretty good i guess i've never really had that problem cool cool but yeah that's not really a news it was just i thought it was really cool deal if you're looking for a wireless charger i mean yeah you can find them cheaper than 28 bucks but they won't probably nine times out of ten they won't be a fast charger yeah so so i guess we also have some more apple news yeah, speaking of Apple, um, with the whole Facebook kerfuffle, um, I really get a chance to use that word kerfuffle. Um, <laughs> with that whole thing going down, um, it looks like Apple's doubling down on their user security, and it's you know there's definitely some um, incentive, some financial incentive to do so, and some brownie points to do so. But they're they're reportedly removing apps from the App Store that share your location data with third parties, which the fact that they have to even do this makes me a little worried. Why why are they letting people share location data with third parties to begin with? Yeah. Huh. But yeah, um that's a little scary actually. <laughs> so I mean I know I know the Apple store is a little more tightly wound than the, the Android equivalent. Mm-hmm. But don't they do checks already? I don't. I don't really use Apple devices. Don't they do a lot of checks already to see what you're sharing and what type of information you're letting loose when you log into an app? Yeah, they um they keep pretty tight control over their store. Um, which is another reason why I'm surprised that this is even happening. The only thing I can think of is that 
it they didn't care and now they care because of <laughs> all the backlash that Facebook has gotten and you know the whole deposition or was it a deposition or did he just testify? Yeah, he didn't get deposed. He, it was just, yeah, he just testified on the hill. Yeah. Well that whole thing, you know, it's kinda like when um EA got all this fleck for the um microtransactions in Battlefront two. Yeah. That's true. It's like, look at us. We're not like that. We're um we're a we're a company for the people or something. I don't know, but I just thought it was interesting that they're you know, they're definitely letting people know that they're trying to protect our data from other people. Oh like how, Cambridge how, Analytica. <laughs> Apple is all about security. We're gonna put you in a nice little place, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty trees. You're not gonna have any problems. This is Apple. This is a like beautiful butter. world. <laughs> oh, was it? You firing shots? <laughs> hey, that's what that's, it just works, right? I mean, I'm not exaggerating here. This is their own line. Firing shots like Donald Glover. Oh man! Oh, too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, I want, I'm gonna jump down to the story at the end of our list because since we're talking about security and stuff, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a serious vulnerability vulnerability found in Seven Zip. Now, I've been what? using Seven Zip forever. Uh, of course, Seven Zip is an open source archiving program, which you know that's pretty much one of the first five programs I installed with a, with a fresh a fresh install of windows. So um, let me dig into this a little bit. Basically there was an exploit. Um, let me see if I can get a little bit more detail for you real quick. So, well, first of all, I'll just say they have patched it. They have patched the vulnerability, but they said, let me see if I can dig in and get the information. Yeah. The security flaw is present in all versions of seven zip prior to 18.05. The version just released in April was updated and patched. So Excuse me while I download the newest version of Seven Zip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the specifics on the actual flaw, and this article does not state what the actual flaw is. From what I can understand, it's just something that allows arbitrary code execution. Yeah. So what I mentioned that means is is somebody if you get you know if you get a if you download a lot of like legal software and somebody can probably they can probably poison a zip file or or, yeah. or give you an infected zip file and you unzip it and then they can basically take over your computer yeah not not to sound too dramatic but to me that's the long and short of it um and this new uh patch fix patch it i just installed yeah, which, I'm protected now. Which I need to install as well. So yeah. <laughs> it's funny that it's been there been in there for so long and nobody's really noticed it, but that's that's how most security yeah. vulnerabilities uh are found. They're just there forever until we actually um somebody it's, stumbles upon it. And speaking of vulnerabilities, I didn't post a link to this, I probably should have, but the Spectre thing is not yes. over. Yes. Because apparently that. apparently the white paper that the the chip manufacturers sent to the OS um developers. Apparently they implemented the fixes incorrectly and your computer's still vulnerable. So there's that. Are, yep. So are there any real world examples of these vulnerabilities? I mean I don't think there's an actual exploited. I'm sorry. 
I don't think there's an actual zero day malware that takes advantage of this yet. It's more just conceptual at this point because it's so difficult to actually have the right sequence of events. And especially with Meltdown, like you have to, there's so many things that boxes that have to be checked in order for this to even work that it's still at this point, I feel like it's still highly unlikely. I still have, I still haven't updated my my bias to 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 the newest version because I'm waiting for them to release the fix that doesn't really affect performance. Yeah, but I mean it's always possible. But at this point, I don't. I think it's more pie in the sky, honestly. But it's still a concern. <sighs> oh boy! But that doesn't mean you should feel <laughs> safe. You know, like but it's still a concern. On, what was it? Um, Hall and Catch Fire was that the second season yeah. or the third? You were not safe. I love that show, by the way. It's great. It's great. Did you watch the whole thing? I believe so. I'm trying to remember how it ends. That last season, man. Is that the one where, uh, where she's living in a camper? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it all. The tears, man. The, the last couple episodes were pretty sad for me. Oh, man. Because he's my favorite. My favorite character, man. My Maybe I character. did finish it. I need to go back and watch now. You have me worried. Oh, my goodness. My, I won't tell you who my favorite character is, but, oh, man. I was so sad at the oh. end of that show. Oh, what that's was all I'm Gordon, gonna... Gordon was your favorite character, obviously. <laughs> why, do you, why do you say that? Because you remind me of Gordon a little bit. Without the crazy egotistical part there. But uh, So, what else we have here in the news docket, sir? Um... Okay, I'm done with my Gatorade. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll, take um, a, I'll take another one. Yeah, take a stab at it. So we know had Microsoft build this. This was it last week. This week. This week, Microsoft build, and of course we know that the Microsoft store on Windows 10 and Windows Phone, if they're used to have Windows Phone, it's pretty much a joke. It's a joke. So they're doing things like. <laughs> They're doing things like they have uh, released Windows on ARM. You can uh, um, you can run Windows on an ARM processor. And they've released PCs for that, and you can also compile your um, uh, X, your 64-bit code over to ARM as well with some of the updates they released in Bill. But the thing I really want to talk about is the revenue share with the the apps in the store. So they are doing anything they get, can to get people to create apps for <laughs> Microsoft. Now, this does not apply, apply to games. It applies to non-gaming applications. But you can if if you lead a user from a link on your website in to buy an application, you can get as much as 95 percent of the revenue from that purchase, which is freaking huge. It's freaking wow. huge. That is pretty huge. Bad thing is, <laughs> it's the Microsoft store. Yeah. Uh, there and, is that. And the apps just aren't taking off. Now, what I think it can uh, lead to is people putting their normal, you know, full fledged desktop apps, just building them as windows um, store apps and putting them in the store, maybe Adobe or, a, a bigger company would, you know, feel a little more comfortable putting their app in the store if they can get 95% of the profits. Whereas, you know, on Apple and the other platforms, it's 70, uh, 65 in some cases. 
Well, see, here's the whole thing that bothers me about this. Yes, I can put an application, non-gaming application, on the Microsoft Store and get 95% of the profits from a link on my website. Or I could just put it on my website and get 100% of the profits. <laughs> Can't really argue with that. <laughs> I mean, for, for the longest time, I felt like this is just a Trojan horse thing where they're going to get all these apps on their store. And then a year or two from now, they're going to be like, okay, Windows Phone is back. And all these apps that are in our store work on the phone or something. But... I don't, I don't, I still don't understand why there's a Windows Store. Like, I, I, I get that Apple you, has successfully done this on the Mac. So, do you understand not, why there's a Mac Store? Not to fire shots, but I, like, Apple has successfully done this. Like, well, tell me why, why do they need one there then if they don't need one on Windows? Well, one reason I can understand them doing it on the Mac is because. <laughs> what? What? Now, I, was, I know you're probably going to say because of the se- uh, success of iOS, probably. But go ahead. Well, I, I, don't... I, w- I wasn't even going to bring up the success of <laughs> iOS, but that's also a good point. Oh, but <laughs> what I was going to say is that the Mac is not necessarily as mainstream a platform as Windows. So there are a lot of applications on the Mac that people don't know about. So... It makes sense on the Mac since the software library or the software, yeah, the software library isn't that large to pull everything in the one place. Like on your phone, there's all lots of useful applications on your phone that you just don't know about. So you go to the store and you just search for, um, I don't know, like pie recipes or something, and you get like an app that's like all the pie recipes. But yeah. you know, on on the Mac, you know, it makes sense to do that. But on Windows. There's so much software, and then, you know, it. I guess in some senses, some ways, it makes sense. But I feel like this is just a money grab for Microsoft, where they want to take more of people's profits from their software. Like that's what it feels like uh, well, to me. I'm, I'm gonna give you another spin on it, and I'm gonna take the Apple spin with this. Actually, uh, we want to put you in a safe, nurturing environment to find <laughs> apps that are not violated with with Trojan horses and all these other viruses. And we're gonna put you here, and you're gonna love it. And it's gonna be a safe, beautiful place where your computer doesn't get a virus. I think that's what kind of what they're going for. They want you to live in that wonderful Apple world, or where you don't, you know, um, you're not afraid of what you download. Um, so or or with UWP they want a lot of apps for their ARM version of Windows. <laughs> <laughs> here they are, all right here, and they work. So buy Windows S, Windows 10s. It already has all. It has all the apps. Hey, hey, <laughs> um, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Uh, death to Steam. That's really what they're trying to do. Oh, <laughs> which never was never happened. So but that's I a think great we, point. You drove this one in the ground. <laughs> but it's still it's still <laughs> interesting to think about, like why they pushed this yeah, store so why? hard that they don't even need. You know, it's just it's an interesting thing to think about. I don't know. I mean, but okay, when you think about what they're doing with the Windows on ARM, or even trying to get into school systems, uh, the educational sector. They want a safe environment for people to go and download apps and not have to worry about how it can affect your computer or your network for that matter. So, oh I mean, man. It yeah. does have a purpose. It does have a purpose. Yeah. I can I can only imagine how many Macs that Apple has sold to schools just because of the Macs don't get viruses. 
are you crazy? Which is which is totally untrue. But <laughs> but speaking of steam, since you fired some more shots, pew, 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 um, this is soon, America. <laughs> <laughs> soon you will be able to stream Steam to Android, iPhone, and Apple TV. I saw um, this. Yeah, they released the email today, and I, I have the email, but I'm not going to pull it up. I have a version article here, and it says that if I can find it, where did it go? Basically, they're releasing a beta app for Android, and then on the 21st, I believe it was, there's going to be an application that you can download and stream your PC games on your network if you have uh, 5 gigahertz wireless, which is like wireless N or A or C. Um, you'll be able to actually stream your Steam games onto your phone, um, and you'll actually be able to use, you'll be able to link a Bluetooth Steam controller, which I hate, but I guess any Bluetooth controller that you can hook yeah. up to your phone, yeah. Um, you'll be able to use that to play your PC games on your phone, which I think is pretty cool, this actually. Is smart. Like, this is smart. Uh, they've had the technology in place to probably do this for a few years now. Uh, Steam Link has been around and they've, you know, they've had those years to test it and make sure it works. And hey, why not throw a client on the phone where you can actually pull it in and play some of these games in the comfort of your home, not sending it tethered to a computer? So, um, yeah, it's awesome. They should have been done this. I think it's great. And, you know, um, why doesn't, None of the consoles do this. It's it's something that I think is just a, well. No actually, actually, with the PS4, you can stream PS4 to Vita. Yeah, um, the Vita. Yeah, I remember. But that's other than that, or any uh, wow, or any Sony made mobile device. Yeah, you can also you can also stream Xbox to a PC. Um, yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. So um, why not? It'd be nice on? if you could do it the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PC Master Race. Yeah. Which, but but the thing is, like, I don't get why you can't do this because basically all well, I, Microsoft maybe it's third parties that are saying we don't want you to do this because all the Microsoft games are going to be universal anyway. So yeah, true, true. Another reason to buy them from the Microsoft Store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not a shield for Microsoft. I promise this you. podcast was right. brought to you by Microsoft. <laughs> I'm not. I do not work for Microsoft now. In Microsoft, this service laptop <laughs> starting from six ninety nine, a whole four out of five stars on the Microsoft Store. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> the best last the best laptop you can buy right now, according to Dan Seifert from The Verge. What? 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 No, it's just my service. A- oh, yeah, my service. But yeah, uh, that. That's interesting. I, I can't wait for it. Can't wait for it, sir. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Like, I checked out the mobile version of... Did we ever talk about the, we, the first time we played the mobile version of PUBG, we got a chicken dinner, Which like, the first crazy. time? That was but then, I, but then I find out, like, most of those people were bots. <laughs> I, like, posted it on Facebook and, like, I was proud of it. You telling me those weren't <laughs> humans I was playing? Yeah, apparently they fill the sessions on the phone, at least for PUBG. I think Fortnite, you can play with, like, your PC and Xbox and PS4 counterparts. But, to, yeah, PUBG to, gives you bots. I'm going to have to leak that <laughs> on my face. <laughs> Jeez, come on, Carrie. You could have warned oh, me. Oh, man, I deleted, I deleted it off my phone. <laughs> I was like, I was like I'm, so, I'm, I'm so shamed. 
Oh boy. It's like you play that win and then you play the PC version and get destroyed. I thought I was doing no wonder I won. It's kinda obvious now. But yeah. So I think that's about it. Anything else? Um I think we got everything. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, stay tuned. We're gonna try to get back on our regular cadence of doing, you know, at least a few times a month, two or three times a month, but hopefully once a week here pretty soon. Um, Carrie, anything that you're working on or uh that you're interested in, podcast related or otherwise, man, that you wanna wanna pimp real quick? Um, well, I don't really have anything to pimp. I would just say that um I finally have a dedicated space to do this type of stuff. So hopefully now I will be able to do stuff more often. Um, I really want to get some kind of video thing. I know me and you've been talking about it, but I don't know if there's a timetable on that. So I won't say it's coming. It's in the works. Yes, in the works. Definitely. Um, But other than that, you know, I'm looking forward to the next uh, discussing trick. Um, Looking forward to being on there. Um, But other than that, man, just uh, happy to be back. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Yeah, and as for me, uh, I do way too many podcasts, but you can check all of those podcasts out by going to my personal blog, IamClarence.com. So go there, get the links, and I will update it someday, I promise. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, this is America. I can't, I can't beat that. I <laughs> <laughs> just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.